Thanks, Josie. I'm going to follow Josie's lead, and uh, well, first of all, it's good to be here. Uh, really great to be here with you tonight. But my name is Doug Tenson. I am husband to Deb, father to Elliot, and to Annie, and most importantly, grandfather to two-year-old Eleanor, one-year-old Isla, and one-month-old Winnie, uh, which has been the best part of my life right now. Uh, but it's good to be here tonight. I'm part of the Orchard staff. I've been here for about 25 years now, I think. Um, and this is a pretty cool thing that happens every Thursday night. Uh, so thanks for being here. You got a Bible? Uh, if you brought one with you, or if you got handed one, I want to invite you to turn with me to the New Testament, to the book of John chapter 16. We'll put verses up here too, so you can follow along up there. That's fine, either way. John is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. Each of the Gospels are a story of Jesus' life. John's a little bit different than the others, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, which mostly talk about what Jesus said and did, but John spends a little bit more time talking about who Jesus is, especially in chapters 14 through 17, where John spends a lot of time on a conversation that Jesus had with his friends the night before he died. So in chapter 16... Jesus gives a very specific word of encouragement, but his friends had a hard time believing that it was true. So, beginning in verse 6, Jesus says, You are filled with grief because I have said these things, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. How can that be a good thing? Jesus is leaving? Well, he goes on, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And what in the world is Jesus talking about here? Well, a couple chapters earlier, Jesus said that this advocate is the Holy Spirit. And what's this spirit going to do? Well, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is going to prove that the world's got it wrong. John talked about this also in his first letter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, where he wrote, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So if it feels good, do it. If it looks good, get it. And if it makes you feel superior, well then by all means, pursue it. That's the world's way. And the Holy Spirit will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So here's how this works. Sin is the truth about people. And righteousness is the truth about God. People are sinful. All people. All the time. 
And that's the truth. God is righteous or good. And that's the truth. And when, when the goodness of God and the sinfulness of people collides, what's the result? What's the third truth? Judgment. And that's the work of the Spirit in the world, to prove that people are sinful and that God is good. And when they come together, there's judgment. So Jesus says more, verse 9, about sin, because people do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can no longer... No, you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So the world is wrong about the truth about people and the truth about God. And the prince of the world, Satan, has been defeated. The enemy's already been judged. And that's the truth. So verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So Jesus is saying, this is a lot to process, and I've got more to share, but it's too much right now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And then here's... The Spirit's main job, verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Spirit takes what he hears from Jesus and he communicates it to us. So the Spirit shines a light on Jesus. And then verse 15, love this verse. I can talk about this verse all night. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus says. And that is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. In the fall of 2017, my wife's parents died uh, about two weeks apart. Deb's mom had been in a nursing home for a decade or so after having a stroke, and uh, Deb's dad joined her when his health began to fail. And in his later years, he, he just grew more gentler and more confident in his faith. Deb's mom also suffered from dementia. So as years went by, conversations with her grew shorter and shorter. Now, we were preparing for Deb's mom to die, but we weren't ready when we got the call that her dad was gone. At the funeral, one of the elders told me that Deb's dad had recently said to him that, that he had never felt closer to God than he did at that moment. Old doubts and fears were disappearing, and for the first time in his life, in his 90-plus years, he understood that he had nothing to prove and that God loved and forgave him. 
And during the service, I read from the book of Hebrews where it says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote, therefore, we do not lose heart, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I believe that that is the truth that the Holy Spirit had been whispering to Deb's dad for decades until he finally heard it and believed it and it changed him. So before we drove back to Cedar Falls, we, we all went to visit Deb's mom her whole family, and, and for the first time in a long time, we saw her smile, and we heard her laugh, and when Deb and her daughter cried, she said to them that they were beautiful, and she told them not to cry, and that she loved them, and when we left, she said, I'll see you again, and then a couple weeks later, we all gathered together again to celebrate Deb's mom's life. I believe that the Holy Spirit spoke Jesus' truth to Deb's mom and dad until the moment that they took their last breath. And that truth just kept impacting and changing their lives. So I want you to imagine that you're one of Jesus's friends. And he says to you, I'm gonna leave. And it's gonna be better for you if, if I do. And then he says, and I'm gonna give you something. You know, I think his friends must have thought, it's gonna be a pretty awesome gift if it's gonna be better than you being here. And Jesus said, yeah, it will because I'm going to leave you a person. And Jesus describes that person as an advocate or a helper or a counselor, someone who will come alongside of you and speak the truth. I know a lot of us think that this, the Holy Spirit is, is, is this very mysterious thing, the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity that we just don't seem to talk about a lot. Kind of like the Force in Star Wars. I mean, what is this? It's hard to figure out. Well, this is what the Bible says. It describes it this way. There's one God who has revealed himself in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Which, which is hard to understand and it's hard to describe and explain. And each person of the Trinity has a, a distinct personality, and yet all three of them are one God. You know, I often think, if only I had been alive when Jesus was on earth, what would it have been like to see his miracles firsthand? If, if I could have just sat at his feet and, and listened to him, wouldn't that have been amazing? 
And maybe if I did, my faith would be so much stronger. The disciples lived and walked with Jesus. They were there. And Jesus says to them, I'm going to leave and things are going to get better for you. So here's the truth, and I want you to listen to this. You have more access to everything that Jesus offers than the disciples did when they were with him. Do you believe that? We don't, do we? Jonathan Edwards once said that most people believe in heaven and that they're going to get there, but very few live as if that truth was a daily reality. What's he saying? Well, simple. If you believe right now that heaven is real and that God, not you, has made it possible for you to go there, you would be incredibly generous. You'd be unbelievably forgiving. You'd be extremely kind. You wouldn't be afraid of dying if you believed, not just in the words, but in the truth of those words right now. If we believe in the truth right now of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, we have no excuse for living a completely different way. Jesus' friends found this hard to believe until they experienced it. In the book of Acts, Jesus is gone, the Holy Spirit comes to them, and they change. They begin to live a completely different way. Fear is replaced with confidence. Doubt is replaced with hope, sorrow and grief, with joy, disappointment, with courage. And what happens to them and through them was far more than they ever accomplished in the presence of Jesus. How? Well, Jesus told them, it's going to get better because you'll have a helper, someone who's going to guide you in my truth. In John 14, 16, Jesus told his friends, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you how long? Forever. Now, I've been to counseling, and having someone to talk to who listens and understands and helps is good. And some of you know what I mean. You leave feeling like a weight's been lifted. You have direction, you have hope, and then... A few hours or, or maybe a few days later, you start, to, you start to feel that weight again. The worries, the problems, the grief, it, it kind of starts rolling back in. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is available to you. How long? Forever. Good emphasis. And this counselor gives the best help because it comes from Jesus. 
the Holy Spirit comes alongside you to speak the truth about Jesus and helps make that truth real for you right now and helps you to change. Let me give you an example. In our early years of marriage, I wasn't very prepared for the challenges that Deb and I would face. Well, actually, that's not really true. I was absolutely not prepared. Um, and I often did a lousy job as a husband, I'll admit that. I, th I thought I was a pretty nice guy, but then I got married and I realized it, just, it wasn't just about me anymore. Um, so I was in graduate school and probably our most animated conversations at that time were about money. How to get it, how to spend it, how not to spend it, and how to find more of it that didn't involve our parents. We were barely making it. And then Deb got a full-time teaching job. We were rich. She was suddenly making like $15,000 a year, and we had insurance. And, and add to that the zero dollars that I was pulling in, and for the first time, we were okay financially. So um, Deb's teaching fourth grade, rough school, um, really challenging. And much of her time was spent not as a teacher, but as a disciplinarian. So one day she came home from school really upset. Her purse had been stolen. And she said to me, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. And I looked at her and I said, Honey, you have to. We need the money. Um, now, that really wasn't very good counsel um, for my wife. Was I speaking the truth? Yes, we needed the money. But was I sharing it in a way that was possible for her to hear and to receive? No, not at all. Now, the Holy Spirit is a great counselor. He shares the truth, and he helps you to hear it and to receive it. He helps it to become real in your life right now. And here's how that works. Some of us are waiting for things right now. If only I had a significant other. If only I had a little bit of money. If only I knew what in the world I was going to be when I grew up. If only, if only, if only things were different. And the Holy Spirit says, what you need to know is the truth about Jesus right now. It's less about what could be. And it's more about what God is doing to you and through you right now. The Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus' truth real to you right now and help you to change. Here's an example. My parents live in a retirement community in Spencer, up in northwest Iowa. And as the pandemic progressed last year, safety measures were put into place to protect all the residents. But in spite of that, mom and dad got COVID. And as the days passed... I really got sick. I called every day, and I could tell that they were struggling, and, and, and I was worried. And then one day, my sister told me that she was going to bring them into the ER. And after getting checked out, they were sent back home. And I wasn't sure if I should be relieved 
or if I should be angry. I chose angry. Uh, I mean, why wasn't somebody taking this seriously? Couldn't they see? And my parents were sick. And, it, and whose fault was this? I mean, how in the world did they get infected in the first place? And by the next morning, I was really ticked. I had to run an errand which I wasn't happy about, so I masked up. I walked in the store to get what I needed as quickly as possible so I could leave, and I saw too many things that were just ticking me off even more. People were invading my space. Service was slow. I wasn't a happy camper, and I was just this close to just really blasting somebody hard. And then this thought came to me. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I remember catching my breath. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I, and I hit that pause button inside, and, and I tried to breathe and calm down. I needed to take that truth from Jesus. I needed to make it real right now, and I needed to live a different way. I needed to do better. I needed to be better. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw somebody approaching me, and when I turned to them, she said, Doug, how great to see you. And she told me how much she missed church and, and how much they enjoyed watching the live stream at home. And I thought, man, she doesn't know how close she came to me, just like, you know, laying into somebody. And so I thanked her, and I finished my errand, and I left. And, and that's a success story, by the way. I have, I have plenty of failures. I can do some real damage on my own. But the beauty of that moment is that by stopping and listening to the Holy Spirit remind me of Jesus' truth, something changed in me. You know, we've all been accepting things that aren't true. Someone told you that you are worthless. And you actually believe that you may be worthless. You didn't feel loved as a kid. And you wonder now, are they right? Am I unlovable? You've been accepting things that aren't true. The Holy Spirit says, let me give you real truth. Jesus died for you. You're worth it. You're loved. God is with you. God is for you. Believe it and live differently right now. But you may think, well, that's great, but it's not working for me. Let me tell you why that may be. Maybe one of two reasons. Number one, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, is in his office waiting to help you, but you never step through the door. He's not going anywhere. It's you. You're not opening the door. You're not setting aside time to meet with the counselor. How can you expect to live differently if you're not open to the Holy Spirit's help? And secondly, it may not be working because you may be grieving the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians. Do not grieve 
the Holy Spirit of God. Now, to grieve is to make sad. And these are the things that make the Holy Spirit sad. Get rid of bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. You can look that word up on your own. As a parent, now, when my, as they were, my kids were growing up and they did something wrong, my heart would sink. I was grieved. Why? Because I could see where their behavior was going to lead if they kept it up. And that made me sad. When we fail to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit's help, the Spirit is sad. And when we sin and we satisfy the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, we miss the Holy Spirit's help. Our hearts become hard and callous. We become deaf to the wise counsel of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's waiting. The light's always on. But do we open the door? Here's the thing. Only in Christianity can we find a God who's incredibly personal. In other faiths, there are these abstract gods that are very distant and far away. In Christianity, God comes close to us. It's what we celebrate at Christmas. God, as Jesus, comes close to humanity. It's what we remember at Easter. Jesus died for his creation. And when the Holy Spirit came to that frightened group of Jesus' friends, God came close again to help them, to speak Jesus' truth to them so that they could live a completely different way. And that's what we need to fix our eyes on. God's help, available right now. And how long? Forever. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the help Jesus promised to his friends, and it's the help that's available to us right now. Carter asked me to uh, leave a couple of things with you to think about. So I've got a question and I've got a step, a next step that you might choose to do. So here's a question. When is the last time the Holy Spirit spoke Jesus' truth to you? Because I believe that that's happening right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking Jesus' truth to us all the time. So when is the last time that you can remember that the Holy Spirit was telling you something, reminding you of something, speaking a truth from Jesus to you? And then also, something to do, an action step. Make appointment, make an appointment with the Holy Spirit this week. Set up a time and say, I'm gonna meet with a counselor. And when you do, listen. Listen carefully to what God might be saying to you through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray, and then after that, the band's going to get ready to lead us in worship. And in that time, just be thinking about these for a little bit, okay? All right, let's pray. God. Our Father, Jesus, our Savior, 
Holy Spirit, our helper and counselor, we pray to you now, God, to say thank you for all the promises that you have made to us. And in those promises, you say again and again, I am with you, I am for you, do not be afraid, I am available to help you, to give you the strength that you need to face what is in front of you right now. So God, I pray that your spirit would keep at work. Help us to hear. Help us to see. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.